Welcome back to the Dub Feet Variety Hour. Subtext, the Dub Feet movie review portion of the Dub Feet Variety Hour. This is a solo uh, feat in the sense that Tom is not here with me, but I figured I, I've seen some gnarly movies, so it's about time that I, uh, I talk about them and break them down and tell you what I think of them. Um, I tried to stay a little more recent with the films, of course, too, because that helps. Uh, wouldn't want to be reviewing 80s films unless, you know, fuck it, maybe I should be reviewing Ferris Bueller's Day Off because it's a fucking amazing movie. But I digress. It's been a while. It's been a couple weeks. It's actually been a month or so since I've done a podcast, so it's actually great to finally plug this fucker back in. It has been a pain in the ass because they've been doing construction in my apartment, so... If I want to record something, it's either I got to get up at 5 a.m. and I have a window to record from 5 a.m. to about 9 a.m. Or I just record when I get out of work uh, around midnight. So this is the Midnight Recording Podcast of the Dub Feet Movie Reviews. How's everybody doing? I feel like I'm stealing all the shtick from all the podcasts I'm listening to. I'm listening to the What the Fuck Podcast with uh, Mark Marin. Phenomenal podcast. Uh, as always, the Scrubs podcast, which I've I've just officially caught up with every episode. I just started the um, the Office podcast with Jenna Fisher, and I forget her name. Angela Kinsey, you dumbass. Yeah, she's awesome too. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a good podcast. It's something to distract yourself with. It gets me through my fucking work days. Um, and there's always the uh, the little sprinkle of Joe Rogan podcast. I just finished the. Um, the Mike Tyson podcast, and man, was that fucking crazy. Mike Tyson's surprisingly smart. I don't mean that in any disrespectful way, Mike Tyson, please don't kill me. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he gets a bad rep just because of that one interview where he's like, um, I broke my back, it's spinal. And uh, you kind of interpret that and kind of roll with it, thinking that he's just a fucking dumbass. But he's far from that. He's a very uh, well-versed uh, dude. And he's fucking coming back out of retirement to fucking fight again. It's fucking bananas. Uh, Joe Rogan talks about that on his podcast and, you know, shows some of the, the footage has been going around on the internet of him fucking beating the shit out of things and getting ready to do it all over again. So we'll see where that goes. What else is happening in the world? I mean, it's just another fucking day. I don't know if it's, it's hearable in the background, but there's a, a gazillion and a half police helicopters. There's a, a bunch of fucking cop cars in every other direction of the blocks uh, leading up to the Williamsburg Bridge, but I believe it's related to a protest that's happening right now, um, presumably related to Breonna Taylor because no justice has been served. But once again, I digress. I don't want to jump into the craziness that's in the world. I'd rather distract you guys with uh, some of my rants about a movie. So let's, uh, let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to the Dove Feet Movie Review. So in the past uh, month or so, I've definitely seen quite a few movies, but one of the the two that I figured I'd stick out for this uh, podcast is Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted Face the Music, and An American Pickle. Two movies, pretty similar uh, in the comedic aspect of things. But also, obviously, very different, different timepieces, different stories. One's a trilogy, one's a standalone movie that was just made 
for the new HBO Max, which is just the funneling of HBO Go, HBO Now, and HBO competing with all the streaming sites. Um, which, by the way, of course I have because it's fucking awesome. Uh, don't think I'm putting it down. It's awesome. But uh, I took the time to watch both, and yeah, let's uh, let's start talking about them. So, Bill and Ted 3. Um, this one can relate in different ways to what's happening in society uh, lately. It is um, literal time unfolding in on itself. Um, and Ted and Bill are the only people that could save the, for- the world. Initially before, they just needed to unite people, but now it's not less about uniting people, more about saving the whole fucking universe. And of course, the younger generation, um, aka Christian Saul's character, she's all for them doing it. The older character, the mom to her character, um, thinks that killing Bill and Ted, similar to Bill and Ted's bogus journey, um, that would be the resolution to save the world. So the plot unfolds, obviously, with both of those ideas going. One of them's helping Bill and Ted. The other is trying to destroy Bill and Ted. And comedy ensues. Just for a friendly reminder, because I had to remind myself as watching as I was watching this movie, um, Bill is um, Alex Winters, and Ted is Keanu Reeves. It's one of those things that uh, you kind of remember and forget, but you know you, those movies were out in the 80s, 90s, so... You don't see them, they don't pop up on your radar, you kind of forget who they are. But uh, I uh, I had to refresh myself on that. It was awesome seeing them both back on the screen together. Uh, it was as if they uh, they haven't really skipped a beat much. Uh, Keanu obviously sounds a lot older now, I mean, but it worked for the character. Um, Alex Winters pretty much sounds and looks almost exactly the same from when uh, he, he was, you know, popping up in every other movie in the 80s, so... That was cool. Uh, one of the things that fucking was hilarious was the the couples gag. So the beginning of the movie starts off with them uh, going to couples therapy, and they both keep going back and forth as if they're a group couple, not a not a, a separate uh, entity as uh, separate couples there. So that was uh, pretty funny. Um, it does a very good reference back to like behind the music, and it pretty much. Uh, shows that they they had a career after Bill and Ted's bogus journey where they apparently thought they wrote the song to save the world and that was not the song at all um of course it led to the band eventually disbanding um Bill and Ted went on to a sort of solo thing where they just kept trying to make the the epic song and that's how the movie opens up where they're they're at a wedding where the the family dynamic is weird because it's um it's Ted's dad's stepson marrying his ex-wife i believe either way it confused me even though i've seen the movie three times but i was like okay that's weird and that's disturbing but uh it's funny and it keeps you kind of going wait what the f is going on in the movie but um it was good so from there they start to realize okay maybe we should just hang it up maybe we aren't going to write the song that will unite the world we never did before what's to say that we will now so of course the movie unfolds later on where um they are presented once again. They need to not necessarily unite the world. They need to write a song that will save the world. Because if they don't, the world will be fucking destroyed. Of course, instantly and nostalgically pleasing, they jump into a old phone booth and they start time traveling to a time period where their future selves have written the song. So this obviously brings up the main theme of man versus self. I mean, this is pretty much nail in the head with that because it's pretty 
obvious because <laughs> as soon as they bump into their future selves all there is is controversy the future selves are mad at them for causing all the issues and basically uh, leading to the issues of um the issues of the end of the world george carlin has a tupac-esque uh cameo he gets uh he gets a reprisal of his role as a hologram which is cool because at least it was a shout back towards the the epic the great the one and only george carlin so it was great to see him even even briefly even though it was a pre-recorded notion of him from the uh first bill and ted movie but it was great to see him nonetheless as always the chemistry between bill and ted was uh superb spot on and uh amazing um it 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 was cool to note that um bill and ted jr aka billy prescott and um teddy i don't remember what her actual name was (laughs) i just remember was sam weaving and the young lady from atypical on netflix Bridget Lundy Payne. Wilhelmina Billy Logan is her full name in the movie. <laughs> um, honestly, they were great. I think a lot of people were worried that it was just going to be a reboot and it was just going to be, you know, Bill and Ted being downplayed as they take the forefront. But I feel like they even the screen time perfectly where they shouted out originally to the nostalgia of Bill and Ted and rolled with their storyline as well as started the storyline with the bill and ted juniors and seeing how they would unfold and seeing how they would try to save the universe or at least help their dads and it was very much a shout back to bill and ted's excellent adventure same journey going back in time and pulling all these great historical musical figures and bringing them to the forefront of time to save the fucking world so it was very cool and somehow they ended up recruiting uh, kid cuddy Kid Cudi playing himself too, which was great as he has the epic line "Station" from uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. But uh, that was great. Um, they jumped around from time frames of 2720 um, all the way around them to 2022, so they were bouncing all over the place. So the daughters uh, eventually get their hands on Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, and some other historical musical figures. And uh, it was a complete shout back to Bill and Ted 1. Um, it seemed like it was going somewhere good, but then that same notion of killing Bill and Ted. Quick flashback back to Bill and Ted 2. A robot Bill and Ted come down and they kill Bill and Ted, causing them to meet death and yada yada yada. You guys know the movie if you don't, check it out. Similar in Bill and Ted 3, a robot is designed to kill Bill and Ted. And he kills a lot of other people in the process of trying to kill Bill and Ted. Um, and of course that becomes a running joke too because he's like a, a self-aware robot after a certain point and he wants to be known as who he is and blah 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 blah. But um, before I give the whole fucking plot away of the movie, I'll get back to the main point here. Um, the end of the movie is very reminiscent of Terminator Dark Fate. The whole thing with Terminator is they try to decide who are they chasing after what's the point it's is it the child of such and such is it this is it that and the answer is typically right in front of your face uh that was the case with bill and ted um np46 was a i think it's a highway mark and that's when bill and ted realized that it's their daughters that will save the world it's not them they're part of saving the world but it's not them alone and that builds the bigger picture and the bigger um point of the movie is the only way to resolve conflicts that are 
excessive is to come together and work together and resolve it. Um, obviously, that was the biggest theme in the whole movie. They pretty much get every universe to play music together, and that's how they uh, save the fucking universe. Um, great fucking movie. Great acting. Great reprisals of all the characters that we've missed for so long. Great references back to both movies. Great references to everything. There was a cameo of Dave Grohl um, initially, and it's I think it's probably one of the best jokes. They literally say... Um, that wasn't the best song in the world. That was a song by Dave Grohl, which purposely means Dave Grohl would be the one that would write a song that's the greatest song in the world. He's done it thus far. He's done it uh, several times as is. So, um, after watching this movie three times, uh, you might say two and a half times because I watched it uh, yesterday, but no, day before yesterday, and I fell asleep at the end after driving for 10 hours, so... I couldn't commit to the whole film, but I watched 85% of it for the third time. Um, I would probably give this movie a 4.5, maybe as high as a 4.6 uh, feet. Um, it was a awesome movie. It was the, a movie that was needed for the time now, because it was just such a feel-good movie. It was just like it covered all bases on what we need right now in society as a reflection point. Like I said, I mentioned it in previous podcasts. Um, I stopped watching Ozark for the same reason. It's just like, it was not uplifting, it was not positive, and it's just downtrodden, and just the mood of the of the show is is so gut-wrenching, and ugh. It, it's such a great show, but the things that unfold in that show are so fucking depressing that you need something that's good and uplifting and positive. And Bill and Ted 3 is one of those movies that you need for that uplifting and positivity. So, on to the next film. The other movie that I watched recently, and I watched this with my uh, little brother, Kedron, I watched uh, American Pickle. The cool thing at the beginning is it starts in standard definition, because it's supposed to be in the 1800s, and it also stars Sarah Snook, who is uh, known lately for Succession. She's phenomenal in that show. I've been obsessed with that show. Uh, It's actually the reason why I haven't uh, released much content lately, because I've been binging that show, and I only recently finished it but um she had a small role in this movie opposite of seth rogan's character who seth rogan uh he played several characters in this movie he played his ancestor to the main character and he played the 21st century character bloodline of the main character of the movie um the movie at the beginning obviously kind of gives you that lighthouse five um <laughs> it has stupid, silly jokes of he's a ditch digger and ditch digging sucks. That's like the the first line. <clears throat> so as I was saying, uh, the story follows uh, the Greenbaums. It shows the history of Jewish people and the discrimination that they, they've dealt with and the things that they've had to overcome. So the film follows Herschel Greenbaum, which is a character that Seth Rogen plays, one of the two characters that he plays. And it's pretty much him working at a uh, pickle factory. Uh, essentially, he's um, living a simplistic life. His aspirations and goals uh, consist of pretty much just uh, trying seltzer for the first time because it's the 1800s. So um, nothing crazy there. Uh, Herschel Greenbaum does his best to conduct a normal, simple, boring life uh, by working at a pickle factory and by trying to woo uh, Sarah, who becomes his wife, Sarah Greenbaum, eventually in the film. Um, the movie pretty much takes sort of a historical, uh, truth 
angle of things. Um, they note how racist people were against the Jews, and clearly there are a, uh, a group of Jewish individuals in the film. Um, and obviously that comes up uh, kind of similarly similarly to how it occurred in um, Jojo Rabbit, but not quite the same. Um, then, of course, he gets pickled. Uh, I would say up until this point, the film is pretty good. Um, it's got a unique story about a family that you're kind of curious about, and then his life gets uprooted by him accidentally falling into a pickle vat, and then he wakes up in, in the future. We'll be right back after this fake commercial break. Honey, I think I just stepped on a, on a, on a beaver. Not another beaver, honey. Uh. Did you step on another animal by accident? Well, put on those safe alert shoes. They'll let you know if there's some shit in front of you. Wiener, 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 wiener. That's a simple alarm when you step on anything and anything. Oh, God, look, these shoes are so great. Look, they, I almost killed the cat, and then I didn't. My shoe went the other way. Look at that cat. Beep, beep, beep. Ah! Honey, I stepped on the baby's head again. Now introducing Safe Alert for Babies! Yeah! <laughs> this used to seem to be malfunction! This is Jacobia Mike. So when Herschel Greenbaum <clears throat> ends up in modern day society, he crosses paths with uh, Ben Greenbaum, a young whippersnapper developing an application for people to determine if a company is um, quote unquote kosher. A company or corporation is legit. This is the point of the movie where you kind of start to notice that it's a uh, more satirical uh, viewing of the world and it's highly inspired by stuff that's going on in in the current uh, world. But it's intriguing to see the uh, the angle that um, uh, Simon Rich takes to uh, make this movie. Um, interesting enough, it's, uh, it's a cool movie up until Seth Rogen starts having a fight with Seth Rogen. That's when the movie begins to spiral out of control. It ranges from uh, bad stand-ins who are supposed to represent Seth Rogen talking to Seth Rogen, um, which is something that occurs in Bill and Ted, and they pull it off pretty well. Um, they use like I, I don't know. I guess maybe they use a closer or over-the-shoulder shot to make it look like it's somebody that is them. <clears throat> but um, in An American Pickle, they do such a terrible job at it it's one of those things maybe i just notice it and nobody else does but um yeah like the guy would be he would have a different beard and then it, the shot would be seth rogan talking to this guy over the shoulder the camera's over his shoulder i mean and um it just from the beard you can tell it's not him but i don't know they do that a few times in the flick and it's it's it only grows more annoying as as it reoccurs aside from that um the herschel versus ben is kind of crappy. I don't know. Um, it, it has a point because it keeps elongating the plot to uh, their conflict, and the conflict that they have keeps growing and keeps changing. Obviously, um, Herschel Greenbaum has a mindset of simplicity, uh, more so the notions of doing things simple but fast, which is an old style and an old world kind of notion of thinking. You just kind of want to get from point A to point B. And he looks at um, Ben, who just seems like he's just uh, a slow and complex person. Obviously, the pot unfolds. Uh, spoilers, unfortunately, Ben's parents, they passed away, so that's kind of why he's all sort of unsure of where he should go with his um, app ideas. And uh, it was a sweet plot point, because the app was named after his parents, 
and it showed that he actually had the notion of family within his heart and that was kind of one of the big bigger broader themes of the overall movie but um it just kind of it feels like just a end point and kind of cheesy at the end because of how back and forth they were fighting and how much they were like at each other's throats and literally trying to ruin each other's lives throughout the movie so um obviously one of the main takeaways from the movie would be um corporations equal assholes the movie was very bound in hipster valley um (laughs) you actually see barcade pop up in the movie i'm 90 percent sure that uh they pretty much put out a cast for hipsters as in that's the role they were literally asking for which makes sense because it's very brooklyn-y hipstery you know organic naturally preserved pickles on the street and blah 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 so um i guess an obvious another pointer that it's uh clearly a satire is they have gcn which is pretty much fox news the movie reflects a lot on herschel where he almost ends up running for president and in a very donald trump way and of course then they just keep funneling in on his racist remarks because he's from an old time so obviously the mindset is different and what haves so he says a lot of racist things that pretty much almost get him tarred and feathered in the film Sorry, I keep having to stop and go because there is a literal pigeon outside my window that just keeps uh, cooing and it's really obnoxious. But it's also bound perfectly into the uh, the skit I did with Detective Stewart, so it's kind of funny, but it's fucking annoying. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to mention the gentleman Simon Rich. Uh, he's the screenplay writer of this movie. Um, he did uh, such shows as Miracle Workers, which I believe is still running. And Man Seeking Woman, which I watched uh, most of, I just didn't keep up with it. Both really good. Um, Simon Rich is a pretty busy dude, but he leans mostly to writing. Uh, Humorist, novelist, screenwriter, etc. He's written many books, uh, none of which I've read, but I bet they're interesting. Unfortunately, Simon, I did not like this movie. It has a lot of great moments, but it just doesn't, uh, it it doesn't, uh, it doesn't click, you know? It just kind of meanders around, and then it just leads to fighting. I could get the sort of appeal of it, and I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes score, I believe, was 73%, a score that I would have probably expected to be lower. Um, I just want to quote one of the things, because it cracks me up. An American pickle lacks the tart snap viewers might expect given its creative premise, but Seth Rogen's dual performance makes the low-key comedy to relish. I know, right? Hilarious. Um, the relish part, that is. Um, I kind of agree with that. I mean, it, it kind of gives, uh, kind of expect one thing and then it just becomes a completely different movie. I guess another fun fact would be um, the director, Brandon Trost. Um, he's worked on a lot of um, Seth Rogen movies. He's worked on Neighbors, The Interview, and he's actually been a pretty seasoned uh, worker within Hollywood. So it's cool to kind of see him um, go from cinematographer to director. What else can I say about this movie? There are notions of man versus self. Um, there's a clash between the older, older self and the younger self. And I think this is kind of a theme that runs with both Bill and Ted and An American Pickle. I mean, it's a less of a clash between Bill and Ted and their daughters. It's more like different styles of how they want to do things. Um, same kind of concept occurs with um, Ben and uh, Herschel's characters in the film. And it's almost like great-great-great-great-grandfather viewing modern-day hipster. What the hell is he doing compared to what I was doing when I was around his age? So, I guess the main takeaways is one of these films is really good, and one of them is not. K.
can you guess which one I picked that was my preferable film? Correct, Bill and Ted 3. And I would give that 5 out of 5 feet. As for An American Pickle, I would probably go... I'm gonna say... 3.5 out of 5 feet. I don't want to negate too much because the acting was great. The story starts off pretty good. I guess first act nailing a good movie. And then it just kind of goes downhill from there. It's filmed great. It's not as good as I expected it to be, simply put. Which is why I would only give it the score I just gave it. Um, as for that, I think that wraps up this dub feat. Um, I hope you've enjoyed my ramblings here. Um, I would say still see both of them. An American Pickle is on HBO Max. Um, probably rentable on other streaming sites and what have you. Bill and Ted is available uh, pretty much to rent or buy anywhere. I, I I had to buy it. It was one of those things where I I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the physical media, but I kind of want to watch it now. So I bought it the day it came out. I apparently had a coupon on Amazon when I bought it, so it was even cheaper. And then I, uh, I watched it about three times, as I mentioned before. Um, I guess watchability is one thing I can mention between these two films. I could totally see myself watching Bill and Ted again. Can I see myself watching an American Pickle again? Not really. No urge. I will be watching Simon Rich's other shows, though. I just actually started Miracle Workers, and that one's uh, pretty entertaining. Cheesy moments here and there, but it's building to something interesting. I will definitely continue to follow uh, Mr. Solomon um, on Twitter and see what is the next project he decides to do, because um, Bill and Ted was awesome, and he did a great job. Um, putting that together with Chris Matheson uh, I guess let me just shout out the director I'm not familiar too much with him but Dan Parasot he's the guy that directed Bill and Ted 3 and he did a great job because all the effects were on point same with American Pickle um, it's just the plot was not good and it was a lacking anyways before I just ramble anymore and I just sound say the same things over and over again cause I, I, I had a little uh, uh, Mary Jane uh it's got me in a rambling mood. It, it made me think of uh, another overlap between these two movies, Kid Cudi, and uh, Kid Cudi being from Bill and Ted, and um, Seth Rogen, two classic and world-renowned stoners. Um, on that note, watch both the movies. Let me know what you think. Let me know if I missed anything. Let me know if something I overlooked and overthought or underthought. And uh, get back to me via social media. Um, also recommend some movies for me to watch. I'm always trying to watch something new. I have 6,000 movies on my shelves. Maybe I have it. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll give a, give a review about it. All right, people. Peace. Until next time. Deuces.